Set. Good morning, everyone. It is Friday, and you know what that means. It's Fantabulous Friday. Good morning, everyone. This is Carol, so a.k.a. Nani Boss, live with two sisters. Hey, good morning, everyone. It is Janice, a.k.a. Wellness Diva 5.0, and my lighting is a little off. I forgot to turn, <laughs> excuse me, turn on the upper, uh, the light on the, uh, the ceiling, but no biggie. What is a big a biggie for me are so many little things. And I am just going to start off by saying, hmm, how do I go about saying this? To the big effing a-hole schmuck who broke into my car this morning. Thankfully, nothing was taken. We don't leave anything in there anyways. But it's just, I pray for them. Yeah, did they break a window? How did what it happen? It was the one time that Gary didn't lock my car. Oh, so they just opened the door. They didn't do any damage. No, no damage, nothing. But in my mind, it, it was just very unsettling because I'm up very early. I think I was down here by about quarter of five or so. <laughs> and I, I walked to the kitchen on the other side, I'm downstairs now. Um, I heard some weird sounds. So I'm, you know, I'm looking out the, um, the garden window or whatever you want to call it there. And I'm like looking and I'm like, boy, that's weird. Went to get whatever it was, came back and I heard more sound and, and I look out again, but there's, you know, the, um, uh, garage jets out. So the site line of sight is blocked a little bit. And just then I heard a car like, like speed away. And I'm like, what about your security system? Um, that's in the process of being up and running. So oh, I thought you had yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did, but we had to like reboot everything. Oh, and, you know, yeah. we just install finished installing oh, the last camera. So fumbling through so you knew yeah something. they you know kind of ransacked it but you know again no big deal it's just an unsettling oh, sure thing that it's just unsettling well that's not the way to start off fantabulous friday but you know the, like you said the good thing that came out of it nothing was stolen uh yes it's unsettling and then those things can happen but just goes to show you in, in the middle of a neighborhood you know, there are people that are desperate, you know, it could be that they're, you know, I try to look at, you know, why somebody would do that, you know, maybe they were looking for extra change, extra money for, you know, a cup of coffee, gas, I mean, we know gas is kind of kooky right now, so you just don't know what people's motives are, but the sad piece is we've witnessed so many of those kinds of crimes, not necessarily ransacking a car, but going into, you know, normal stores with no, uh, no, uh, no, no one intervening. Uh, yeah, plenty of people, you know, filming it, but no one intervening from a security standpoint where they're just going up to counters. And, you know, even like when you go to the counters at certain stores, where things may be locked behind like that plexiglass and they're like manhandling that and, and shaking it to the point where they can get the product that's behind it. And they literally walk in uh, with little to no attention from any type of security or 
ownership of the business to say, you know, call 911, but you got people filming it. And I think we're getting to the point where we're almost, and it's it's happened rampantly all over uh, many states. And I think we're getting to the point where we're, which is kind of sad where we're getting immune to it. And we should never be immune to someone invading uh, someone's personal space, uh, business space, and really public space in the sense of where, you know, you you were a shopper maybe at a store and somebody ran by you and just started grabbing things and you're witness to it. And people are so afraid to intervene because you never know whether the person has a weapon. You know, there's a lot of crazy people out there. But I think we it's unsettling that we're getting immune to it as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that too, like I said, the unsettling feeling is they, you know, obviously saw the light come on and saw me walk and look out. I obviously did not see them. So, you know, there are a lot of what ifs. <laughs> so in that respect, I feel blessed and grateful because what if they got spooked? You know, what if they were armed and thought I was coming out and decided, you know, to use whatever weapon they had? Now, I know that's far-fetched. I get it. But I'm blessed and grateful that it happened the way that it did there was no damage. Yeah, there's a pile of change in there that I like to use for coffee when I, you know, I'm on the road or, you know, as I'm going to filling it, whatever. God bless them. That's all I have to say, because if you have to bring yourself, you have to wonder the mindset of someone like that, that they are that desperate that they feel they need to break into someone's car. But it also ask the question, what else are they doing? Well, obviously they're up to no good. And it's just, it's just very unsettling, very, I don't know. Yeah, it, it is because again, it's an invasion of privacy. Um, and anytime you come into contact with something or in, in that type of situation, you do the what ifs. It's very natural. It's very normal for you know the way our you know human emotions work. So it, it is a little unsettling. But to switch the gears a little bit, um, I just received now. You know, it's so funny. Uh, we we always share different things that we're passionate about, and obviously, I've shared my work working with a uh, with, with a parents group and really showcasing what is going on in a particular district because you know anything that impacts children uh, who do not have a voice in the system in the sense of you know who represents them who's speaking for them who's really looking out for them I'm last week I found out that a the state of New Hampshire is actually uh, putting a proposal through their state to um, ban di um, divisive concepts uh, within public schools. It's an initiative. And what I mean by that is that would be the introduction of indoctrination of either sexualizing, grooming children through uh, SEL, social emotional learning, which has been around for years. But there's a new kind of a new uh, feel to that SEL, which incorporates um, sexual education where, where sexual education there's nothing wrong with that in the appropriate setting obviously in high school but what they're doing is uh not the the sexual education that we would have like from years ago um this is really a whole other level of where parents and grandparents and stakeholders and businesses are concerned with what is the root of it and we're finding more and more that a lot of it is rooted through 
uh, PP, uh, plans, think of the next word, uh, which has been around for, for decades. But when you think about why they came into to be, it had to do with abortions, uh, but now it's leading into other things. And, uh, you know, again, it's kind of want to follow the money. But I just received word that Mansfield, a town in Massachusetts, which I'm happy, you know, again, uh, you look at the different states, ideologies, you know, uh, political aspirations, political pull. Uh, and obviously, there are some states that are Democrat, some states that are Republican, uh, and then some states that are extremely one way or the other. I would add, I would, I would uh, put a put a hand out to say that Massachusetts is leans more one way than the other. But anyways, a proposed town is actually putting a town meeting article that would ask voters to prohibit the teaching of di uh, divisive concepts about race and sex in Mansfield Public Schools, uh, an initiative that echoes similar moves that have been made in states nationwide. Among the provisions in the three-page article would be a ban on teaching that an individual by virtue of sex, race, ethnicity, religion, color, or national origin is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. A teacher violating that ban could face discipline. Now, we know with any profession, because we all, we, we've talked about this numerous times, especially over the last two years, um, there are bad apples in any profession. There are bad apples in uh, physicians. There are bad apples in lawyers. There's bad apples in management of a company. There's bad apples in law enforcement. There's bad apples in uh, dentistry, eye vision, what you know, insurance. Uh, so it doesn't matter. There's going to always be bad apples because what do we always say? Humans are are perfectly imperfect, and you know sometimes when you're faced with right or wrong, some people choose the wrong. Um, so we know that exists. So when I when I when I talk about these issues, and some people have, you know, oh my God, you know our teachers would never do that. For the most part, there's a lot of teachers that would not do that. So I want to be really clear on that. There are amazing teachers out there. They have a unbelievable job to do. And I think what's been really highlighted by parents, stakeholders, grandparents, and business owners is that they want to get back to teaching the basics of what a teacher should be doing. Your academics, your history, your science, your English, your language, your mathematics, because it is already proven, you can't deny the stats of that the United States is falling behind in education because of where their focus has been going to. Now, this has been a drip for a while. This just, just, just didn't turn a switch. This just didn't happen overnight. This has been happening drip by drip over the probably the last five to 10 years. We know that CRT uh, is part of college uh, professors teaching of what CRT is, uh, as well as the indoctrination piece to it. That's a given that's been in colleges for a long time. CRT has been along, around for a long time. Again, things start to mold, like we talked about silly putty, mold into a different way, where now it is entering into the schools, but the argument, the basic argument has always been, oh, this school is not teaching that. It is not a course. 
uh, on the college level, it is different, but in, in the K through 12 grade uh, grades, it is not a course. Uh, it is exactly what I just read. It is really uh, inserting an ideology, inserting a theory um, that by virtue of someone's sex, by their race, by their ethnicity, I can never say that one, ethnicity, uh, national origin, religion, color, that they are inherently racist. That is not true and has never been true. Now, is there racism out there? Absolutely, but it's not uh, in this vast amount that people are talking about it. Does it exist? Of course it does. Does evil exist? Of course it does. Uh, those are things that, again, have to touch upon the human emotion, but some of the times it's their surroundings. Now, most people, most people, if they were to do a step, do not teach racism within their family because that's usually where it starts from. Um, you can go back different generations and point out which family member might have had those thoughts. But as the generations keep going and going and going, you know, most, I would say the higher percentage of people teaching people that you judge a person by their character. Are they kind? Are they thoughtful? Are they uh, open to meeting and playing and getting to know? And all those things that I just mentioned never even come to the picture. Of course it happens. And it's more so than not. The issue is that some people uh, go after predominantly a certain type of community. Now we know that especially the more rural the community is, no one de depicts to where someone's going to live. People choose to live to a place for vast many reasons. Generally speaking, for really, I would say since you know I first got married and we had children, it was always about what the school systems were, and that's usually the driving force of why someone chooses to live. Now, some people just inherently live in the same town over and over again, meaning generation after generation. Of course, that happens. Uh, you know, both the town that you know Hartford. And Charlton, where we, I mean, Hartford and Cromwell, where we lived most of our lives outside of uh, New York when we were younger in New Haven, uh, you generally will see uh, families of generation after generation living in that same town. That frequently occurs. But when you have a family that does, uh, you know, maybe they, maybe they are relocating because of a job, usually that's generally where it is, or maybe a couple meet. And, you know, one is from a certain area and his profession takes him or her to that certain profession. So relocation, a family that relocates generally looks for the very first thing is education because they want to know that, you know, the school's got a good rating, um, got a great community support that partners, has a partnership with the families, has a partnership with the community, um, and that is a driving force of the community. So those are the things that people will look at. So there are some towns that you, you know, you don't, no one forces anyone to live in any certain area. Uh, that's just how it is. But I've noticed um, reading different articles across the United States from many, many different states that they are attacking predominantly certain, certain areas. So what does that mean for, you know, that young, that parent that's really looking for that great school system? Um, and it's usually based on what, what parents talk about the teachers. So most teachers got into their profession 
because they absolutely love teaching. Uh, it's one of those things that, you know, if you're called to be an, a, a nun, a, a nurse, a priest, a minister, uh, law enforcement, uh, firemen, most of those types of positions, those professions, it's usually a calling. Um, it just is. And they have this inner belief that they're going to make change, that they want to be a positive force in whatever that profession is. So when we talk about having something like this, having a proposal, an initiative, uh, to actually have an article in a, a certain town, and this is going to end up happening probably statewide as well. I know New Hampshire is the first state that I've heard thus far that has it on their kind of their docket for 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 a uh, discussion and then obviously for a vote. It is because it is rapidly coming in, and there's a lot of teachers that are not comfortable with what is going on. You know, we have a lot of teachers that have been in the, the you know, the teaching profession for 10, 15, 20 years. And they're like, no, this goes against everything they believe. They want to get to the basics. But there are a few, just like any profession, as I said, and I want to say bad apples, a few that, have, you know, I'm not saying that they're what I can never tell another person that their belief systems are wrong. You can never do that because someone's belief systems are theirs. They own them. That is how they feel. You are not going to change them. The only person that's going to change them is themselves. And usually when you understand the underlining initiatives that lead to something even really dangerous, and I consider grooming children, sexualizing children, very dangerous. I consider a teacher that is indoctrinating through talking about different uh, the government and or bringing in controversial what they presume is kind of their political ideology and now inserting it into their classroom uh, that's dangerous because you're inserting a bias and I think what's happening is there's layers of this to create little social activists within children you start young you indoctrinate their minds um, and it is driven by money. There's a lot of money behind this. So I'm glad to see, I'm happy to see, and this makes Fantabulous Friday even more fantastic, that there are towns that are saying, no, you know, it is okay to have your belief system, but your belief system belong in your own home. They do not uh, have the right to infiltrate my child's mind, my grandchild's mind, the future generation's mind. Naturally, things develop. And as far as the sexual piece to that, then you have then you have um, situations where where you now you're talking about you know sexual pieces to that right you're talking about that that right for the parent to have that that what we call remember back in the day that conversation with your child uh, about you know a little girl going through the changes that she goes through little boys. Um, does that, you know, and, and when you think back to those days, back to the days where, you know, the hormones start kicking in, you know, darn well that, you know, if a dad, uh, or a, another little boy's friend of yours got a hold of a Playboy magazine, you know, you were the natural progression of a child's curiosity. Of course it comes in. So those things will always be there, but it still belongs in the place of that caregiver, that parent, that grandparents, right to know time and place. And that's what we always talk about, time and place. That that's the parent's job. That's the caregiver's job to so, say, you know, we, we need to have that child, we need to have that family conversation with our child. It is not up to a teacher's responsibility. Now that does not that does not say that we should not have sexual education in the proper time and place. 
time and place, which would be age appropriate. And generally speaking, sexual education is usually upper middle school, like, you know, seventh to eighth grade going into high school. That is when it's age appropriate, but a parent still has the right to know, okay, what exactly are you teaching? What are you talking about? If you're talking about, quote, the old fashioned birds and the bees, reproduction, absolutely. Absolutely. But there is an initiative out there to not talk about the production system, the you know, production of human life, because that's not the narrative that plans P wants to infiltrate. They want to make it easy and also to not show the human connection of life. Because what does that mean? That means more abortions. That means more uh, hormonal treatment. That means more of, again, pushing an agenda, which the bottom line is pushed by money. So I'm so happy to hear. Um, and there's also another initiative, I just got word, um, where it's uh, kidsstopsocialism.com. And this is a, you know, you're hearing more and more about students that are coming out that have a conservative mindset that are coming out against, look at, you know, we believe in choice, just like, you know, when we talk about mandates with the, the mask, no one was against the mask per se, they wanted choice. Somehow, and that's what, what American freedom is about, it's about choice. So what has been happening is there's been an onslaught of, of, of children, students, especially I would say students at the high school level, that their conservative voice has been squished. Now, just like, um, you know, more of a, a, of a more ideology that maybe not be conservative, maybe more liberal. All voices should be heard, but you cannot have a, where it comes into play is if you have a, a teacher that is teaching a very, uh, a narrative, then again, if they're presenting both sides, like, you know, you got a history class, let's talk about the different sides of our democracy. Those things, of course, you're presenting both sides that's different than your personal bias. But if your personal bias as a teacher is now going to impact a student who has maybe more of a conservative mindset and they're not free to speak their minds, you're not giving, say, equal, equal leverage or equal time. And now they're giving, say, assignments that, say, have a slant to it. And if you don't fall in line to that, you know you're going to get a bad grade. That's a problem. And that, that incurs in many different subject matters. But if you... If you um, you know, want to, and I'm glad to see this uh, kidsstopsocialism.com because this is what it amounts to, it's socialism, people. Our country is not socialist, although you would have to take a scratch your head on that right now, but we're not, and we need to get back to the roots of our constitution. We need to understand that people always, you cannot get rid of bias. You cannot get rid of racism. That, that is a given because that would be saying like, well, we need to get rid of evil. You can't get rid of evil. There's a balance. You got good, you got evil, you got night, you got day, you got dark, you got light, you got right, wrong, lying, tell the truth. Those, that's, that's the humanity of the world. They, they kind of the back and forth of our inner emotions. You will never get rid of racism. But what you should be talking about and teaching is leave your, try to leave your biases at home as best you can and teach about kindness, teach about fairness, communication, talk about people and their character, not the color of their skin, not their sensual orientation, not their religion, not the color of their skin. And you cannot tell a young child, because this is where it's filtrating. It's filtrating down now to the elementary levels where a child is being told 
or taught that because they were born white, they're 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 the they're the dominant race of being uh, you know being the oppressor, and that if you are born other than white, that you're not going to amount to anything. You're going to be a failure. You have no dreams, no goals that you can go after because of the color of your skin. That's not what Martin Luther King stood up for. That is not what many white activists stand up for. Most people stand up for you are the merit of your character. And, you know, that's that's what it's about. I'm, go I'm going to align myself with people that, you know, want to pay it for. Like we talked about Wealth Wellness Wednesday. So those I'm, I'm so happy to hear that there are towns that are saying, wait a minute, we've got school committees that are not taking charge of this problem. So guess what? We're going to make it our problem. We are going to make our town a shining example that we are not going to let this garbage enter into our school system. And we are going to make sure that there's some accountability. And I'm super excited about that. That's awesome. And I want to comment. Um, I'm going to save the bulk of my comments for a nighttime podcast because I don't think that it's, you know, because I know that some people do listen to this in the morning and have children around. A few swear words might come out, but I will say this. Let's get back to bases. Let's get back to teaching the basics and go back to the preambles of how our democracy was established, how all of that has brought us the freedom and the choice to choose for ourselves. And on that note, I will say this to um, all the air quotes, bad people out there, because really, um, probably because of what happened this morning, like I I'm just ready to roll it on out, but I am holding myself back. But what, what I will say, this is my message to you, you dumb asses infiltrating our children, you're dumb asses, sorry. I said it, and I guess I did say a swear word there, but that's isn't how I- that, Isn't ass in the Bible? Yeah, I believe it is. I think so, so it's a Bible but word. still, I will pray for you because I do believe that there is a better union out there. I do believe in the greatness of hope, vitality. Um, even though your opinion doesn't agree with mine, I respect yours. I know you don't respect mine in many respects. And, and you know what? And I'm okay with that. But have the the courage, have the courage to share with me. Or, you know, within your community, how you feel and why you feel that way. Be brave enough, be bold enough. And remember that, and you know, I frequently remind myself of this. Opinions are just that. But if we can't agree on the basics of what the truth is, then we're, I don't know. Well, I know what we are, but I can't say that. I, that would be a worse bad word. So that is my thought on all that crap, time and place for everything. And I'm not saying that, you know, certain things should not be taught. Of course they were. We went through that when we went to school. But anyways, moving right along to um, another topic, um, and it's kind of ironic that um, the word of the day, 
you know, I, I think I talked about this the other day. I go to my word of the day. Today's word of the day is furor, F-U-R-O-R. <clears throat> it is a noun. Great emotion, either positive or negative, shown by a crowd of people. And let me tell you, I'm a lion right now and I'm ready to roar. So want to hear from you what your thoughts on this these different topics are. And I just want to say something about something. So I, I was telling Carol Sue this the other day. Um, every two to three months, I, I kind of do, um, I guess, an audit or whatever of the podcast where, and I do a Google search. I search different things, <coughs> excuse me, to see where we're popping up, if we're popping up. And there's a whole lot of popping going on. So we are, and what I mean by that is, and I'm still in the process of verifying all this stuff, because even though we are on like over 30 different platforms, I want to physically see it. Like I want to report it accurately. Oh, somebody who wants to report something accurately. Hmm. Um, so that's exciting. And we are now on Amazon Music. We are on Good Pods. Those I know absolutely positively we are there. I understand we are also on Kindle, but I haven't seen that pop up. I'm not sure how to look for that. I do have Kindle. So if anybody does see that, let me know. Um, some of them, Podchaser, CastBox, CurioCaster, Google, Overcast Web, Player FM, Poc, like the list goes on and on, you know, and it, it amazes me in a way, and I'll tell you, and this is going to segue into tomorrow. It amazes me that, you know, having the, uh, having the ability to share what we are passionate about has reached all over the world. For instance, tomorrow we are, uh, we're doing a Saturday podcast. We haven't done that probably in about a year and a half or more. Yeah, and it's Saturday. Yeah, Sailing Saturday. And Dr. Anthony Cavi, who is a board certified anesthesiologist, happened to come across our podcast and uh, emailed us. Um, so we're really excited to have him on. And I will make sure that I post the, um, the graphic for that. So, you know, people will know we'll be on at 1 p.m. tomorrow afternoon and, and he really has some amazing insight uh obviously from a medical standpoint on what he does but he has a spin on it and oh really yeah well, we were when we were actually inter interviewing him he uh and i believe we actually interviewed i'm pretty sure i'm almost positive we interviewed him on a monday i may not be exactly oh. like but no, it was a Saturday. Yeah, it was a Saturday because he's. He oh, that's right. Because it was an odd time, and I remember. Right, that's right. It was a Saturday, uh, because of his schedule. Obviously, he's a you know anesthesiologist. He's he's a busy man, and you know it. It's one of the things, and we'll get obviously get more into it tomorrow. And I don't want to give too much away, but what we've talked about over really the last two years, relaying um, health from a perspective of the medical professional who you know, went to school as a degree uh, versus really having that connection uh, from the, the, the mindset of a, of a patient and or 
different different methods to their madness uh, to not only maybe get uh, a good result, even a better result. So I I, I love uh, the subject matter that we're going to be chatting about tomorrow. So like right up my alley, and I love to hear directly from you know someone with, with his uh, his profession and his, his degree and what he does for a living. I mean, anesthesiologist. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so amazing. And then the other thing I found, which I really thought was uh, <coughs> quite interesting, we wound up into into two digital newspapers. Mm. One of them being out of India. Yeah. News R. And they, somebody from India is obviously watching us. Um, that's getting a lot of hits. And they took the video from, um, they get our information from Rumble. And by the way, we, our videos, you know, YouTube, Rumble, and Bitch. Bitchu, yeah. Bitchu is really making uh, its mark. Uh, oh, gosh. I mean, Rumble really has been rumbling, let's be real. Um, but Bitchu is really uh, picking up with a lot of different um, different podcasters and, and whatnot. And, you know, the point being is we, we always talk about that, that, you know, we wanted to showcase what we're passionate about. We had you know, we didn't know then, and we still don't know now, you know, where, where, where this goes, where it takes us, what other journey, um, and we are ever changing, uh, not only in our subject matters, um, you know, it, we, we're, we go down all these different rabbit holes of what, you know, you just never know, and the blessings of all of that are the fact that, you know, we are reaching people that we would have never thought was really within our capability, and now we are, are going to be inter, uh, interviewing this this doctor who I'm super excited about. Yeah, so. you, know, you know what? I, what I thought was amazing about it too. Um, he's obviously listened to several of our, our podcasts, and I thought after we got off, especially after we got after that, got off of that interview with him, like, wow, this is one busy guy who was, yeah, inspired by our podcast. I was just, I, I had to take that in for a moment. I really and, and I think that leads into that thing that we always talk about, like this off subject matters we talk about, whether it's the school systems, whether it's what's going on in our country, our own communities, uh, how, what people are eating, what's trending for equipment, for fitness. Um, everything impacts our health and wellness. When you really look at your life, your journey, um, how you sleep, uh, what you eat, what kind of activity, what kind of mindset do you have? Uh, what are you surrounding? What are you passionate about? What are you not? Ways to spark that by journaling, um, making sure that we're taking care of ourselves with our mind and making sure like we recognize and read our bodies. Um, these are all important factors that have packed our life. And I'm so excited that we keep introducing more and more subject matters because a lot of people say, well, you're a health and wellness. Everything's about health and wellness. Everything impacts our mind and our bodies when you really kind of look at the broad spectrum. And I, it always ends up, it's, you know, connects the dots. And I love that. Yeah. And speaking of connecting the dots, uh, you know, how will you connect the, the dots? How will you create your rumble in the world? And on that note, my name is Janice, a.k.a. Wellness Diva. 5.0 and I'm with two 
Sisters, and this is Carol Sue, aka Naughty Bus, live from a nice sunny Vero Beach this morning. Super excited, got some things going on, and uh, gonna do some water sports today. Gotta, you know, gotta, gotta keep working out and winding down on the Ultimate Thriver, you know, a few more weeks to go, and uh, really, really feeling good and strong. And we hope that you are too. We will not see you Monday. Well, of course we will, but we are going to see you tomorrow, Saturday. We're going to sail into Saturday with an amazing guest speaker uh, who's a doctor, he's an anesthe uh, anesthesiologist, and that will be at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You guys have a fantabulous Friday. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Take care, everyone. Bye now.